Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, power of God. Good morning. Good morning, Abba Father. Good morning. We're so enamored with your love. We are in love with you. Not enough words really describe how I really feel, God, but you know how I feel. You know how grateful I am. You know how dependent we are on you, Jesus. We're like little children, not being able to do anything on our own, but um, rising up in the power and love of your spirit, God. And I thank you for leading us into all truth. Lord Jesus, you lead us into all truth, and it's uh, by that that we're able to live and move and have our being. I was reminded, God, that uh, the battlefield here right now. One of Satan's battlefields is the barn, and the barn is on the wrong side. Two it rose. Three, your hair looks ridiculous because you have ba- terrible bad hair. I thought I had like a. Don't worry, guys. I have lost the giant hair. Nice you Okay, take up. You have a big wheel. Yeah, without it, it just be like that. <laughs> and you had to do this all the time. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
the bad guys to get help from Jesus. I think he means the disciples of Satan. Help Jesus get not caught again. Amen. That's a nice prayer, Luke. And That's actually, nice prayer. I'm actually a bit impressed in him because I wouldn't expect him to do that. Yeah, I know. It's like uh, amazing to see what God gives little children. That's why I know and I tell you guys, you guys haven't been given little tiny teeny spirits, right? You've been given the full grown up Holy Spirit. I always tell you. <coughs> you don't have some little teeny weeny spirit. You have the full Holy Spirit empowering you. And that's why you guys teach us. Not right now. Later. I'm using my phone. That's why. I'm using the phone. Okay. This is called. I know what I can use. Oh, actually. Holy Spirit, we just um, want to bless. You heard the prayer this morning that we apply to the family, that spiritual warfare prayer. And I do apply it in Jesus' name to our family. We command every infirmity to lie down and die in Jesus' name. God, that we would be lifted up and be well. God abases the proud, but exalts the righteous. Good party, Jubilee. Good party. Mm. 
This is for the choir director. It's set to a song called Al Tasheth. It's a psalm of Asaph. We give thanks to thee, O God. We give thanks. And Jesus, I was asking you to bless Ian's career. That he would stop and ask you for keys to knowledge, keys of wisdom. That you would unlock those secrets that you have related to his person, his identity, his work, his schedule. God, that you would help him manage his day and that you would help me manage our day. In Jesus' name we pray that. Amen. Can you take the baby's ball away from the puppy? He, that little Micah. Can you? T- that's baby's ball. Puppy obviously thinks it's his ball. Thank you. We give thanks to thee, O God. We give thanks, for thy name is near. Men declare thy wondrous works. When I select an appointed time, it is I who judge with equity. The earth and all who dwell in it melt. It is I who have set, firmly set its pillars, Selah. Hey, um, Micah, would you please come here so that you can listen? You were just talking. That's why I'm saying that. What did I say before that? I know, that's why I'm saying come here. How would I leave you tomorrow and just try one more time and if I talk with you, then I go? It is I who have firmly set its pillars. I said to the boastful, do not boast. And to the wicked, do not lift up the horn. Do not lift up your horn on high. Do not speak with insolent pride. For not far, for not from the east, nor from the west, nor from the desert comes exaltation. But God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. For a cup is in the hand of the Lord, and the wine foams. It is mixed well, and he pours out of this. Surely all the wicked of the earth must drain and drink down its dregs. This is the misery of sin, and this is God's cup of wrath you're hearing about. Mm. But as for me, I will declare it forever. I will sing praises to the God of Jacob, and all the horns of the wicked he will cut off. But the horns of the righteous will be lifted up. Amen. So what he's saying is he's going to give his testimony to the Lord for the Lord's good works. Yes, Cade. I had a dream. I'm going to tell you my dream. So it was basically, I was at a banquet, kind of, a banquet, and they only had like four animals. And... You were at a banquet, and they had what, baby? Kind of a zoo banquet, because they had four animals. A zoo with four animals, okay. No, a zoo banquet. And why were you going, were you going to eat the animals? No. And then I met a lion. I met a lion in one of the cages, and it actually liked me and around But then one of the girls let all the animals that I liked yeah. out of the banquet. And then I went outside and then called what I was calling, what I called it, 
and then it, it finally came, and that's when I woke up. Did God tell you what it means? Oh, and uh, this is a first part. Me and Micah and Hope and Luke were stuck in the car, and somehow I was smart enough to get the car going where I wanted it to go. And then and Micah you said wouldn't, I wasn't. And Micah wouldn't come. So we so I backed him and backed him and backed him and started to cry because I wanted to see Micah again. Hmm. And then that's when I went to the doctor. Hmm. Or when I woke up I can't remember. <laughs> Also, I was half awake and half asleep when the wine came to me. We're going to do Proverbs 14. It's, this is the contrast between the upright and the wicked. All right. Let me tell you about the wise woman. No, Kate shouldn't have his either. The wise woman builds her house... But the foolish tears it down with her own hands. Yeah, she doesn't realize it if she's not wise. Women need prayer too, right? There's a reference for Ruth 4.11 that I'm going to read. Ruth 4.11. Sometimes I would say maybe a woman does realize it. She's just foolish. Okay, 4.11. All the people who were in the court and the elders said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, both of whom built the house of Israel. And may you achieve wealth in Ephrathath and become famous in Bethlehem. Moreover, your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah, through the offspring which the Lord shall give you by this young woman. What a blessing for this marriage. That's such a blessing. Both of whom built the house of Israel. That is amazing. Amen. That really strikes me right now. What? Because 
both of whom who built the house of Israel. What a reward. What a thing to say about the women. I'm finding that quite blowing my mind right now. But the foolish tears it down with her own hands. I'm also going to look at Proverbs 31.10. Proverbs 31.10 says, An excellent wife who can find for her worth is far above jewels. I do pray right now, I bless my boys, that they will find a wife, God, that you say is excellent, that is worthy above the price of all jewels. Jesus, that you say is quiet and meek and gentle. In Jesus' name, I ask that you deliver those kinds of wives to my sons, the kinds of wives that would build their house and the legacy of the future of this family. And I also pray for Hopi that she would be that kind of wife that our, the women on our family would demonstrate the love of the bride of Christ for their husbands. In Jesus' name we pray that. Amen. Mm-hmm. He who walks in his uprightness fears the Lord. But he who is crooked in his ways despises him. Mm. In the mouth of the foolish is a rod for his back. But the lips of the wise will preserve them. Mm. You're too far away for me to really teach you guys. I can't carry, I can't carry my voice over there. Thank you. Micah, you lead you lead them in four two and three. Need um Kate and Luke in fourteen, two, and three. I just have to go to the restroom and I'll be right back. No, you go to the table. Micah's gonna lead you in Proverbs fourteen, two, and three. walks in his uprightness fears the Lord, but he who is crooked in his ways despises him. He who walks in his uprightness fears the Lord, but he who is crooked in his ways despises him.
mean, guys? It's right here! Can I be kind? These are riddles. They're difficult to decipher. So be kind and encouraging. Basically, saying mm. uh, if a man walks in righteousness, he will be upright and good. Yeah. If you walk in perverseness, what does it mean? How is your relationship with God? It is falling. It's. It actually means that you despise the Lord. That's like. That's bad. Pretty hard. What does it mean to say the mouth of the foolish? Why are they saying? Why did Solomon say the mouth in the mouth of the foolish is a rod for his back? Stop eating plastic. But the lips of the wise will preserve him. Anybody have an idea? No. Why does Solomon say in the mouth of the foolish is a rod for his back? I don't know. Because whoever is foolish is foolish, and then he will get hit by his um, stick. He's going to get disciplined, right? But the lips of the wise will preserve them. <laughs> disciplined, even punished, right? But the lips of the wise will preserve them. <laughs> this is so important, children, because of what we say, the power of our tongue. This really has so much power in our mouths. The power of life and death is in our tongue. Okay. I'm going to go to Jeremiah, and then I'm going to do... Okay, we learned about the Rachabites and how they obeyed the Lord. Daddy, mm -hmm. can you take the baby? Or We learned the Rachabites and how they obeyed. And then God said, right? He was like, basically, the Rachabites could obey a human father. But Judah couldn't even obey the Holy Father, right? Cade? Cade, you were doing such a good job of being at the table before. And now you went away. Can you come back? Thank you. This is chapter 36. This is Jeremiah's scroll. And he's going to read this in the temple. It's about 605 BC, 600 years before Jesus. And it came about in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, that this word came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Take a scroll and write on it all the words which I have spoken to you concerning Israel and concerning Judah and concerning all the nations from the day I first spoke to you, from the days of Josiah even to this day. 
Perhaps the house of Judah will hear all the calamity which I plan to bring on them. Give back what you need, Cade, in order that every man will turn from his evil way. Then I will forgive their iniquity and their sin. Give back what you need to. Okay, wait, let me just put it in. Just give it back. I can do that. The Lord is still hoping that Judah will um, repent. That they'll repent and that he'd be able to forgive them in his mercy. Then Jeremiah called Baruch the son of Neriah. Remember Baruch, what was his job? He was a scribe. And Baruch wrote at the dictation of Jeremiah all the words of the Lord which he had spoken to him on a scroll. And Jeremiah commanded Baruch saying, I'm restricted. I cannot go into the house of the Lord. Remember because he's in prison? So you go and read from the scroll which you have written at my dictation the words of the Lord to the people in the Lord's house on a fast day. Do you understand there was like regular fasting? Yeah. It was a fast day and he was going to Solomon's temple. And also you shall read them to all the people of Judah who come from their cities. Um, this is like a dangerous job. Jeremiah is in jail because he's bringing the word of God to the people of Judah. Now Baruch, not only does he have to write it down, he's got to go be the mouthpiece too and tell the people. Do you think that he might be worried? He could be. But do you think he's going to do it? He's going to do it. Perhaps their supplication will come before the Lord. And everyone will turn from his evil ways. You okay? You okay? Does everybody love you? Yeah. yeah. Everybody loves yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that cute? Yeah. Yeah. For great is the anger and the wrath that the Lord has pronounced against this people. And Baruch the son of Neriah did according to all that Jeremiah the prophet commanded him, reading from the book the words of the Lord in the Lord's house. Now it came about in the fifth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, in the ninth month, that all the people in Jerusalem and all the people who came from the cities of Judah to Jerusalem proclaimed a fast before the Lord. Do you know what's amazing here? They're still fasting. They decided to do a fast, right? Because it's like a ritual fasting. It was the season that they should fast. I'm going to fast and not have anything for, um, well, not have anything anything for lunch or dinner. How many muffins have you had? No, no more. Then Baruch read from the book. I mean, I mean so. The words of Jeremiah in the house of the Lord in the chamber of Gemariah, the son of Shaphan, the scribe, this is another scribe, in the upper court at the entry of the new gate of the Lord's house to all the people. Now when Micaiah, it really smells bad, the son of Jemariah, the son of Shaphan, had heard all the words of the Lord from the book. He went down to the king's house into the scribe's chamber, and behold, all the officials were sitting there. Elishama, the scribe, Deliah, the son of Shemaiah, and Elnathan, the son of Akbor, 
and Gemariah the son of Shaphan, and Zedekiah the son of Hananiah, and all the other officials, okay? This is, like, real important. Do you understand? He's yeah. at the king's house, and all the important people are sitting there together. <laughs> Micah, if you're going to fart again, go somewhere else. Go to the bathroom. And Micaiah declared to them all the words he had heard when Baruch read from the book to the people. Then all the officials sent Jehudi, the son of Nathaniel. Oh, no. Nathaniah, the son of <coughs> Shelemiah. If you knock that onto the floor, you're going to sweep and mop. Okay? Oh, Jubilee's eating it, too. The son of Cushy to Baruch, saying, Take in your hand the scroll from which you have read to the people and come. So Baruch, the son of Neriah, took the scroll in his hand and went to them. And they said to him, sit down, please, and read it to us. All right, so do you think that they're having a good response? Yes. So far, they want to hear what the Lord said. Now it came about when they had heard all the words, they turned in fear to one another and said to Baruch, Oh, we will surely report all these words to the king. Were they taking the Lord seriously? Yeah. And they asked Baruch, saying, Tell us, please, how did you write all these words? Was it at his dictation? Then Baruch said to them, He dictated all these words to me, and I wrote them with ink on the book. Then the official said to Baruch, Go hide yourself, you and Jeremiah, and do not let anyone know where you are. Do you know what they're saying? What are they saying? The king won't it. Yep, yep. So they went to the king in the court, but they had deposited the scroll in the chamber of Elishama the scribe, and they reported all the words to the king. Then the king sent Jehudi to get the scroll and took it out of the chamber of Elishama the scribe, and Jehudi read it to the king as well as to the officials who stood beside the king. Now the king was sitting in the winter house in the ninth month, with a fire burning in the brazier before him. Brazier. And it came about when Jehudi had read three or four columns. Okay, he didn't even finish this. He just read three or four columns. The king cut it with a scribe's knife and threw it into the fire that was in the brazier until all the scroll was consumed in the fire that was in the brazier. This is sacrilegious to do something against the Lord's words like this is super naughty. Proverbs 1, and he's not going to have the favor of the Lord for cutting his words up and burning them. Proverbs 1, 30, let's read that. Do not contend with a man without cause if he has done you no harm. So God says, if somebody hasn't done you harm, you shouldn't do him harm. But that is not how king, this king is acting, right? He's acting foolish. First Kings, we're also told to read First Kings 22 8. 
Um, First Kings, what baby? Do you like Disney? Nope. Twenty two eight. Do you like Mickey Mouse? Huh? Do you like Mickey Mouse? I like the character, but Disney has corrupted Mickey Mouse. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man by whom may we, we we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him because he does not prophesy good concerning me but evil. He is Micaiah, son of Il Imlah. But Jehoshaphat said, Let not the king say so. Uh huh. Yeah, the king of Israel hates the prophet. Oh, that is a Baruch. That's Baruch. Hey, that's a Oh, wait, no, no. That's a brazier. And then that's Who's Baruch? Who's Baruch? Who's Baruch? And this is the officials. That's Baruch. Oh, that is a good illustration. That's good. Okay, let's see. Oh, we're here. Okay. Let's see if you have more pictures to match this. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah after the king had burned the scroll and the words which Baruch had written at the dictation of Jeremiah saying, what? Well, listen and then you'll know because I don't know yet. Take again another scroll. Okay, he's going to have him write it again and write on it all the former words that were on the first scroll, which Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, burned. Because you can't burn up the word of the Lord, right? Yeah. And concerning Jehoiakim, king of Judah, you shall say, Thus says the Lord, you have burned this scroll, saying, Why have you written on it that the king of Babylon shall certainly come and destroy this land and shall make man and beast to cease from it? Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning Jehoiakim, king of Judah, he shall have no one to sit on the throne of David, and his dead body shall be cast out to the heat of the day and the frost of the night. This is a shame for a king. No king wants to die this way, right? Mm-hmm. It's like uh, being unburied, un- dishonored. Mm-hmm. You're being dishonored. What's and happening humble. here? Wait, let's, let's listen. Let's see. And I shall punish him and his descendants and his servants for their iniquity. And I shall bring on them and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the men of Judah all the calamity that I have declared to them that they did not listen. Okay, so what you're seeing here, you're seeing he's being punished, but also his descendants, because the Lord brings curses down to the third or fourth generation. Then Jeremiah took another scroll and gave it to Baruch. Oh, wait. Yeah, because he said he didn't listen. That's like being spiritually deaf, right? You could hear God, but not listen. Then Jeremiah took another scroll and gave it to Baruch, the son of Neriah, the scribe. And he wrote on it all the dictation of Jeremiah, all the words of the book, which Jehoiakim, king of Judah, had burned in the fire, and many similar words were added to them. Okay, so he wrote it again. And we're going to go to John twenty-one twenty-five because I'm just curious. John twenty-one twenty-five. You guys are having a buddy time? John, yeah, 2125. We're on a boat. 2125. We're on a boat. Okay. John 21, 25 says, and there were, oh, also many other things which Jesus did, which if they were written in detail, I suppose that, not even the world itself 
would not contain the books which were written. <laughs> hey, Micah, what? I don't want you rough on him. I was just stopping him from saying bop because you're reading. <clears throat> okay. So, that is Jeremiah 36. Okay, what are you saying here? That's the part. Oh, yeah. You read that. Right. Why is this out of order? Unless he does it again? It's the action Bible. Does he do it again? The pot? I don't know. Jeremiah thrown down into the cistern. There's an interview with Zedekiah. Jerusalem is captured. Jeremiah is spared. Jeremiah remains in Judah. Yeah, I think it's backwards. Oh, okay. Because here's that guy. Jonathan rescues the people. Oh, Johanan rescues the people. They say don't go to Egypt. Yeah, that would be... Yeah. There's a message for Baruch. Here's Ezekiel. I just got to Ezekiel, so... Pharaoh is... Defeated. There's a prophecy against Philistia and Moab. I think it's like out of order. Like just parts of Jeremiah splashed all over. Okay. Let me see. Well, lots of prophecies against different peoples. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Let's see. Oh. And I we found end in Jeremiah as a young boy. I found him fighting the school of God. Okay. I found Jeremiah growing up in Britain that telling them that he wrote blah, 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 blah about the exile. And then he Baruch stuff and then the scroll, um, the kings and the pot, then the shackles, then the defeat, then we go to Ezekiel. Okay. All right. Well, we're, we're in Jesus's life again. We heard about Jesus healing the paralytic. Let's see, Micah, go to Matthew 9. It doesn't have that. It just, like, splashes the Bible. Let's see, Matthew. Jesus heals the paralyzed man. See if there's that. Kate, come back, please. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, too. All right, while I'm reading, you can find it. The prophets? No, New Testament. It's in the New Testament in Jesus' life. Okay. Cade, what did I say? Please come back. Thank you. Matthew 9, 1 through 8. Jesus climbed into a boat and went back across the lake to his own town. Some people brought to him a paralyzed man on a mat. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, Be encouraged, my child. Your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law said to themselves, That's blasphemy. Does he think he's God? Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he asked them, Why do you have such evil thoughts in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up and went home. Hi. Where are you again? Matthew 9, 1 through 8. Is it where they make a whole roof? Nope. The man jumped up and went home. Wait, Fear swept through the crowd. Where is it? Matthew 9. Matthew 9. And went home. Fear swept through the crowd as they saw this happen. Matthew 9. And they praised God for sending a man with such great authority. You're going to hear the same thing in Mark 2. Jesus' own town was Capernaum. Matthew 
Oh, his own town referred to. Not Jesus' own town. His own town was Capernaum. And this was a good choice for Jesus' base of operations. It was a wealthy city because of fishing and trade. It was on the Sea of Galilee, and it was crowded there like a big city. It housed the Roman garrison that kept peace in the region. Uh, It was a cultural melting pot, and it had a lot of influences from the Greek and Roman cultures for their manners, their the way that they dressed, for architecture, and also politics. Uh, I, th- I got to the man in the roof where the guy is sick for like a really long time. Okay, you just keep, keep listening, okay? Among the first words, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, were your sins are forgiven. Then he healed the man. We must be careful. To concentrate, stop it, Maverick. More on God's power to heal physical sickness than on his power to forgive spiritual sickness in the form of sin. Jesus saw that in addition to physical health, this man needed spiritual health. Spiritual health comes only from Jesus' healing touch. Both the man's body. Ready? Yeah, I'm in Matthew 9. Both the man's body and his spirit were paralyzed. He could not walk, and he did not know Jesus. But the man's spiritual state was what Jesus addressed first. If God does not heal us for some or someone we love, we need to remember physical healing is not only Christ. Oh, hope you get on the beanbag. The mouse he's stuck. Or Micah. Throw it for her. She's excited. (laughs) (laughs) Spiritual health comes only from Jesus' healing touch. That's an interesting statement because it's true. You could take medicine for physical things sometimes, but you cannot take medicine for your spirit. Both the man's body and his spirit were paralyzed. He could not walk, and he did not know Jesus. But the man's spiritual state... Oh, wait, I just read that. Okay. If God does not heal us... Let's see. Blaspheming is claiming to be God and applying his characteristics to yourself. The religious leaders saw that Jesus was claiming to be God. They did not understand that he is God and has authority to release humans from um, sickness and forgive sins. It's easy to tell someone his sins are forgiven. It's a lot more difficult to reverse a case of paralysis. Jesus backed up his words by healing the man's legs, and he showed that his words were true that he had the power to forgive and heal. Talk is cheap and our words lack meaning if our actions don't back them up. We can say we love God and other people, but if we're not taking steps to demonstrate that love, our words are empty and meaningless. How well do you back up what you say? Well. Good, I hope so. I think. Okay, now we're on Mark 2. It's the same story. Mark 2, you can see if that's in your Bible. Mark 2. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, 
The news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men, oh yes, Micah, it is the mat, right? Carried a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his Mark 2. On his mat, right down in front of Jesus. And seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. The one through the roof? Yeah. Okay, show us your pictures. Hey, I can't yeah. see. Okay, Kate, Kate, sit over there because Mike is showing pictures. So we learn from Mark. How did they bring their friends to Jesus? They dug through the roof. Those are some good friends. I'll tell you what. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what does he, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God himself can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were, oh, Jubilee, what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, um, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. So I will it's prove to you, to yeah, that the man, that the son of man, sh- 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 has the authority to be quiet on earth. Um, that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praising God, exclaiming, We've never seen anything like this before. That is quite amazing. Okay, here's the same story in Luke. One day, while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem, and the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Cade, you're again not where you belong. You need to be at the table, Luke. Young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, Who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? 
So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Pick up, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. Do you think, do you think that, do you think that these Pharisees said out loud to Jesus, they thought it, they thought it, yeah. But did Jesus know what they were thinking? Yeah. Does Jesus know what's on your heart even though you don't say it? Yes. I have many answered prayers that Jesus did for me even though I never said them out loud. Because he loves me. Many. Including getting into this house um, even before Christmas. Not, I mean, God was just showing off. I didn't even ask for it out loud. And he got us in on Christmas Eve. And I was amazed. And we got present. Yep. Immediately as everyone watched, the man jumped up. Yeah. Picked up his mat. Yeah. And went home praising God. Yep, it was. Everyone was gripping, gripped with great wonder and awe. And they praised God, exclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. That is amazing. Thank you, Jesus.